Alright, welcome back to the Mail-In Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Shivery, coming to you live from Austin, Texas. The reason I just kind of laughed there is because we just recorded for about 20 minutes. And then Dave interjected and said, by the way, I forgot to hit record. So here we are running it back. What's it's going to be better the second time around. Oh, man. What's Gucci? To be fair, this is the, you know, the second or third time Dave's actually recorded a podcast. So it's okay. But that, uh, yeah, here we are. I was more concerned about doing that countdown with my fingers that I do <laughs> than actually hitting record. Than hitting the record button. Mm-hmm. Was that Wayne's World? Is that what that's from? Correct. I yeah. was okay. doing bits. Yeah. Uh, Sally, hello, my co-host. How are you? Well, last time I said I was tired, but now I've been like just amped up on this pod for the last 20 minutes that you we just had a the 20, lost tapes. So a 20 minute warm up session. I feel great. Okay. Dylan revealed the name of his cat. I did. <laughs> Too bad you guys missed it. So, uh, Dave, how are you? Man, I'm, I'm great. This, see, this worked. I got you guys like wild up and you're like ready to go. And I'm sitting here and we're yeah, sure it's recording. True. We know it, it's it's the it's going. Okay. okay. Levels are good? Are we, we're on track? Look, this is an entry-level position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everybody sounds <laughs> okay, great. Okay. All right. Follow Mail-In Podcasts on Instagram and Twitter. That is M-A-I-L-I-N Podcast, Instagram and Twitter, please. The hotline number, 888-362-M-A-I-L. That's 888-362-6245. Today we have, let's see, we have eight questions today. Three of them are voicemails. Anything else we want to get out of the way before we jump right in? Are we good? As far as I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here is voicemail number one. Hey, Dylan and Sally. It's Hilly from Virginia. So I feel like I know all about Dylan from Circling Back and in some previous podcasts, but all I know about Sally is from what Will had said about her. Just wondering if we could get like a uh, Sally starter pack, so to speak. Okay. Love you. Bye. Sally Starter Pack. Okay, to catch everybody up on Circling Back, we're in the middle of a series right now. It's uh, basically it's a Dylan, Dave, Will starter kit series. We did me first, then we did Dave, and we have Will this week. And basically, we're just picking out things that kind of identify those people. Everyone knows how these work. Uh, I have a few here for Sally. Dave, feel free to jump in whenever you want. Sally, if you want to throw some in here too, you're more than welcome to. Okay. The first one I have, Dressing Like Will. You two dress alike all the time. Usually it is Yeezys or some sort of Adidas boots. Mm-hmm. You have some bougie at- athleisure wear going also. Typically it's outdoor voices. And you oftentimes dress almost exactly the same. I mean, you're not wrong. I know. Uh, Will's going to be real upset about this because I always... Basically what happens is he gets dressed. I see him I don't even register what he's wearing. And then subconsciously, I put on the same thing as him. And to me, it's not totally my fault because we both wear a lot of like blue and gray and we both shop at Outdoor Voices and things like that. So he gets dressed and then I just pick out what's in my closet and it happens to usually be very similar. Although I will say he brought me clothes because I came straight from work to change into and he brought me basically exactly what he was wearing so that's not my fault but okay you're off i mean you're not this time. you're not wrong um but i also i think will makes a really big deal out of it and gets all upset and i'm like no one cares that we're matching i mean maybe you notice i don't know i don't ever really notice you know what sucks is that i basically wear what y'all wear and right now 
I'm essentially wearing a variation of what y'all are both wearing right now. <laughs> so there, I, we just can't be in public together. Well, one time Dave and Will showed up to the the same restaurant wearing the exact same pair of shorts. So, and unplanned. Yeah, so it happens. It happens because we all shop at the same places. Two things when I think about Sally. One, loves Tex-Mex, specifically Matzo Rancho here in Austin. She's there many times per week. And if she's not there, someone in her family is there. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Two, Loves optimized coffee. Yes. Probably more than I do. I have that as well on my list. Uh, actually, I wrote, spending a lot of time, a lot of effort making coffee. Okay, well, let me defend myself about these two things. Not that I really need to defend myself for either of them. I do love Matzel Rancho. It's one of our favorite places. Um, but I used to catch a lot of flack in Austin and as well as Houston in El- at, for going to El Tiempo. Shouts to El Tiempo. Because... We would plan group dinners and then everyone would say, well, let's try somewhere new, blah, blah, blah. But no one ever thought like, oh, we didn't make a reservation and we have 10 plus people. You can't walk into any restaurant with that. Like El Tiempo or Mads Rancho or some giant Mexican food restaurant is going to be the only place you can go on a Friday night that's not going to laugh in your face. And sue me for wanting to drink a margarita while I wait for two hours. Look, you're not going to find me coming at you for defending Matt's El Rancho. I love the place. I will say, I, I actually haven't night. been in like three weeks, which is a personal record for me. You I went last night? I went last night, Dave. Damn. No one's doing Monday night Matt's Well, runs. you can on Tuesday because they're closed it on Tuesday. closed tonight. Which is a bummer because as we're talking about it, it sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, optimized coffee. I wrote an article about it one time, or I wrote an email to Will that he posted as an article, and I got slaughtered for it because people told me I was putting too much effort into my coffee. It it seems to be um a little excessive. Well, I put butter or ghee, MCT oil, collagen peptides, uh, cinnamon, and usually ashwagandha. But I also haven't made it in a really long time just because I get up too early in the morning now and I'm too lazy. And I haven't made my coffee bombs that Dave has had where I just basically melt all of it together and then just put it in these mini muffin tins and then I just drop one in in the morning. So I haven't done I've it. I've had one of those. I've had one of your bombs. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty bombs tight. Bombs are good. They, when I, when I put my mind to it and like prepare, but I haven't done it in probably a month. What, what kind of base coffee do you use? I use like just whatever the central market like store breakfast blend or espresso and then i make it in aeropress i'm a i'm a folgers black coffee guy just drip i'm not gonna fault you for that like i i like the taste of butter coffee so that's why i make it and i i used to like going to picnic it's like nine picnic is a place that's like all paleo i do miss picnic there's one right by our uh, our old office i mean there's one on lamar over here but it's like nine dollars for a coffee and yeah, makes you it's feel so it's real wasteful. Yeah. Real quickly. So the yeah. next one I have on here, it might you might be offended by it. But I feel like it's fair game because you and Will have kind of had a back and forth on Twitter about this. So you put it out there. Okay. Not being engaged. Ouch. Yeah. That's it's pretty rude. blunt. <laughs> yeah, not being engaged. Um you've you've made it pretty clear that you're ready for, for Will to hit a knee. But he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, part of it is, I mean, we've been together for four years. And I have known pretty much for three years and 11 months that I wanted to marry him. But... Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, just, you knew a month in? Yeah. Damn. 
Will knew like two days in, if you're asking him. What a stallion oh, that God. Will No, is. he he would lie and say something else. Uh, but there's been some life things, so we have had to wait. And he th- pretends like it's his choice that we're not engaged. But we we all know better. If I really wanted a rock on my hand, I would I would have one. <laughs> That's a great that. segue into the next one. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Running Will's life is my my next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, you pretty much run Will's life. Anytime we have something that we want to do with Will, he he pretty much says, "Okay, let me run it by Sally first, and then I'll get back to you guys." That's pretty much how it goes. Well, part of that is because I plan a lot of stuff because I'm not spontaneous. I'm really Type A, and I plan ahead. But I also am really bad about telling Will what our plans are. So then he'll be like oh, I'm going to golf this weekend. And I'll be like, oh, no, we're going out of town. But I forgot to tell him is the problem. So That would drive me crazy. I'll yeah, I mean, it. you're not wrong. But Will seems to uh, really enjoy the role that Well, he probably likes it because I do a lot of other stuff for him. Like, I don't know. I mean, book all of our travel all the time. I also... Always drive because driving gives Will anxiety. So I am always driving. Always. You're like a CEO and an office manager. That's right. All in one. That's right, That's pretty Dave. dope. But yeah, to my point, he, he seems to really enjoy the role that, that he's kind of carved out for himself in your relationship. And mm-hmm. it works well. Mm-hmm. I hate to call the guy a beta because it's kind of a joke that we've made many times and I want to overdo it. But, I, don't, I don't think he really but cares. You seem to be the alpha of the, of the two of you. I, I he's a lot more laid back than I am. I yeah. am pretty type A and crazy, so okay. or just anal, I guess. I have one more on here. Okay. Uh, something in medicine, because I say that because I don't know exactly what you do. I just know it's it's in the it's a medical field. So how about you explain what the hell it is you're studying to do or or working to become? So your I, career? I am a nurse. And I have been a nurse since 2013. And now I am getting my doctorate in nurse anesthesia. So I'm in grad school, currently working. Um, when will you be finished? In December. Are we going to call you Dr. Sally? No, because I'm not a chiropractor. Okay. Dr. Young? Dude, shade in the Cairo. <laughs> wow. Okay, only chiropractors introduce themselves as doctor, so like Dr. Bobby. That's lame. Uh, no, I no, I I will have a doctorate, but I will not be Dr. Young. I'll be Sally, your nurse anesthetist. Okay. Yep, that's it. Thank you. That's all. Hey, Dave, how about you read hey. this email? I'd love to. Dylan. In response to you going to the doctor to get your tea tested, it got me thinking. I used to be in great shape, but lately I've been in the office more and more and living a more sedentary, parentheses, lazy fuck life. Work has been stressful and I'm also in the middle of moving across the great state of Texas. Anyway, I find it hard to wake up in the morning and I don't do much in the evening either. Should I go get checked for low tea or am I just a stupid dick and need to go to the gym? So I think there's a vital piece of information missing from this email, and it is, it is this guy's age. Um, I would answer differently if he was 22 compared to, uh, compared to if he was 42. I don't know. Let's, just, let's assume late 20s here. 
Uh, no, this doesn't mean you usually need to get your teeth tested. I just think you probably live an unhealthy lifestyle and you're being lazy and you need to change some habits. Sally, I know you have some things you want to say about this. So I'll be completely transparent. I haven't listened to the episode where you talk about getting your tea checked yet. Well, it's, so, it's a premium episode. You can find it on Patreon. I know slash it's, I know it's premium podcast. content, so I'm not going to spoil anything because I also don't know. But when you go to a doctor, because I tried to do this a couple of years ago and I felt like shit and I was very sure it was my thyroid like they'll do it for you but they're gonna also ask you like have you been sleeping well are you hydrating are you working out and it sounds like you're doing none of those things which is fine i mean you are aware of it i also don't sleep well i'm not hydrated i never work out and i know that if i went to a doctor right now i was like i'm tired they'd probably be like well are you sleeping eight hours a night so maybe just try to make some changes in your life. And I know you're feeling lazy, but like set little goals for yourself. Like the first goal can be drinking a gallon of water every day for a week. And the next one can be getting eight hours of sleep and like have good sleep habits. I was talking to somebody about this this weekend, not keeping your TV on and your phone and all that, like turn off technology and sleep for eight hours. And then once you have like optimized your whole life, then you can start working out. And then if that, like a month from now and you've done all those things and you still feel awful, then maybe it's time to like go do some lab work. But I also think you've got a lot going on right now. You're stressed. It's very normal to feel run down. By the way, I did get my results back. I'm not going to share them right now, but I know them. Is that another premium content? Yeah, we will be revealing that on Friday's Patreon episode. And your cat's name, or not yet? <laughs> Once we hit um, five five thousand subscribers, you're gonna go cat's name. Yeah, then we'll okay. do cat's name. Okay. There's little things out there that can tank your tea. So yeah, like I didn't so know. I mentioned getting a full night's sleep. Like if you even start working out, which is something you should definitely do, you got to recover. You got to give your body a chance to repair itself. So get. I don't know what do they tell you now. They say now is it eight to nine hours? It's like not nine if you're like really active and stuff. I think it's actually six to eight. Six to eight. You can sleep too much. Man, just, I, just I don't feel that way because another Sally starter kit is a loving sleep. Like I could sleep all day if I had the chance to. Sleeping so. is fantastic. Sleeping yeah. is the best. Anyway, just be healthy and do some Google searches about your testosterone. You can go down a wormhole. Be careful. There's a lot of charlatans out there selling bad supplements. Look, it's fun. It's fun to talk about tea and wondering if your if your tea is low because if it is, you get to replace your tea and that can have some kind of awesome benefits. But that doesn't mean you need it. It's just, you know, especially if you're young, right? Hundred percent. If you're under thirty, you, it's very unlikely that you have low tea. Right. It starts to dip usually around thirty. I think is the, the number. Yeah. Yeah. But tea replacement can Hell be yeah, t- ball out, dude. Can be tight. Fucking crank that shit up. Let's go. Only, only if you need it. Walk around just jacked and hard all times. <laughs> hard like like dick? Uh, Let's get to the next one. All right. What's going on, guys? Um, this is kind of a question for everybody, but my brother is older than me, and I'm already married, but... My brother definitely wants a girlfriend, and I have a lot of people I would like to set him up with. I just don't know how to do that 
in a way that's not super awkward and he's not getting set up on a blind date. I don't know how to have a, a meet and greet before the actual first date kind of thing. So any suggestions would be great. Obviously, Sally, your female perspective would be awesome. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Okay, this one seems kind of weird to me to be getting in 2019 as opposed to, I don't know, like 1919 when there was no technology and you couldn't call someone or text someone or shit, email someone. It's just a courier pigeon. It's just a little weird. Um, what you do is you you give him her number and basically handing him the keys to the situation and he has to take it from there. That's it. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I completely agree. And I actually would argue even that setting them up, trying to make them meet beforehand while you're present puts them in a more awkward situation. Yeah, you don't need to be there for that. It creates a lot of expectation. And one thing I found, and I was actually talking to Will about this the other day, is like setting friends up. One person always gets like a little too hyped. Like, I'm like going to set you up with my friend Dylan. And then like, you're just like, stalking them and like oh my god i'd like have to meet this girl i'm not saying this is like a real life situation i'm just giving a hypothetical yes, thank you for pointing but that out one person maybe gets a little too excited versus like if you just give your brother your friend's numbers and say like hey this girl is cool you should text her and then he just calls her text her and says i got your number from so and so i would love to take you on a date to me that is less awkward than like him knowing all this backstory about someone and then trying to meet her in person around you because it's going to just put a bunch of pressure on the situation to go well and it probably won't be as organic as you're hoping it's going to be. Yeah, there's no need for you to be there or even the like even like the digital handoff like hey, this is the person Like I'm blind me dates about. still happen in 2019. I think it's totally fine to go on a blind date. Also, I want to add you mentioned you mentioned calling. I wouldn't call. I would definitely text first. Yeah, I think I think in 2019, a text is fine. I feel like a couple of years ago, and if you're really old-fashioned, like calling is still okay, but a lot more people are comfortable if you text them. I would be uncomfortable getting a phone call to start off with, like a cold, like... A cold way, call. Yeah, but like, you know what I'm saying? Without ever being introduced to this person, if they called me, like, why are you calling yeah, me? Yeah, honestly... No one calls me. That has happened to me in the past. Somebody's called me, and I've just screened their call because I'm like... I don't want to talk to you on the phone. This guy said he's married and he's wanted to set his older brother up. We're talking mm-hmm. about a grown ass man here. Just yeah, let him handle it himself. I think your brother hopefully is not awkward enough to just text these girls and say like, "Hey, I got my number. I got your number for my brother. Would love to take you out for a coffee." Yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah. Dave, let's do the next one. This is an email. Dylan, serious inquiry. Should my friends and I take up golf to meet guys low-key over the Bumble life? I mean, we can talk about this if if we want to. We probably should, but I can answer this in one word. No. Um, Yeah. It's not a way to meet guys. I was confused about this. Yeah. (laughs) Knowing very little about golf besides the time that I did nine beers, nine holes. uh, I don't feel like you're really interacting with people except for the people you're playing golf with yeah, so and, and here's the truth about golf like when guys get together to play golf it's kind of a, a getaway from shit including women sometimes like we talk about them but you don't you don't want to play golf with with a, your significant other well at least okay that sounds kind of bad i realize we actually talked about this no, on, you could say on touching base a little bit but it's just kind of an escape and i don't unless you 
I don't know. I, I kind of don't want you around when I'm playing golf. You're not trying to meet girls. When I'm you're not golfing. trying to meet girls. Well, she at just all. wants to get in the door. But no, still. But then, then you might be. You know, I think there's a stereotype of like girl who knows too much about sports. You might pigeonhole yourself into like girl who's trying to golf. Let me add this. She's the question says, should my friends and I take up golf? That means she currently doesn't play golf. Which means she's going to be really bad to start and is going to be pretty bad for a long time. And I'm sorry, but if you are out there and you look like this is your first time playing, that's not a good look. It's just not. I don't need you to have a beautiful swing and, and, you know, be a scratch golfer. But if you look like you've never touched a a golf club before and you want to come up and like, hey, let's go, you know, swing the sticks together. Like, I I don't like, like, no, I don't want to do that. So here's my question to you. Where you're not going to approach a hot girl on the golf course. I don't approach hot girls anywhere, just so you know. Well, okay. I'm terrified. (laughs) But where are you more likely to approach a girl? Like, besides a bar. Are there any situations that you feel like... Any social situation that has alcohol involved. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, a wedding, you know, a night out with friends at a bar, if I'm with... You know, all my guys, and there's a group of girls or something, maybe. Yeah, I do feel like things have changed in 2019 and that a lot of more people are going to the Bumble versus, like, meeting people in person. I don't know that golf is your in. It's not. I will say, depending on where you live, maybe you should just think about moving to somewhere with a higher male population, i.e. Denver, perhaps. No, no one's moving moving just to meet people. Some people are moving just to meet people. No one's doing that. Will move just to meet me? No, he didn't. Okay, well. Dave wooed him here to Austin. I was an added bonus. Yeah, that's true. I Bonus content. I don't think golfing is the answer, but I'm going to get back to you about better places to meet men. I'm going to research this maybe, week. Maybe you hang out at Top Golf. A group of girls Top, at Top Golf, Golf is not a bad idea, actually. That, that's, a good, that's a good way to get into the game because most I would say most of the people who go to Top Golf, they're pretty new into the game. Because I think that's a great date place or a place that a lot of people bring dates. I don't know if it's great or not. But it's also a social situation Yeah. in addition to having golf. So there might be good golfers there that are just like kind of having a great time. But you're also like in a more party environment with like alcohol present. And it's way more laid back than like approaching someone at a quiet golf course. After college, and college is obviously a very target rich environment where you have, you're just surrounded by people your age at all times. After college though, how do people meet people in the wild? I don't get that. Like, where do you go? What do you do? Because in my daily routine, I don't just run into, you know, available... People go to the bars. I mean... Is that it? Is that where people are meeting? <laughs> yes. Dylan, how do you meet girls now, Bumble? I don't I don't meet... No, I don't meet girls now. I don't. How have you what? met girls in the past? You don't? I mean, I don't like... No. I, in the past, I, I have dabbled in, in Bumble before. Okay. Um, But like, I don't know, I've... I don't know. I can't speak because Will and I met on Twitter. So we... That's fine. I, I met my ex-girlfriend on Twitter. No, I, I'm I'm saying like, I I can't say like there is an organic place to go meet men because Will and I met on Twitter. So I clearly don't know the places to go. But I'm going to research it and talk to all my friends and I will get back to you. I mean, let's, let's assume tomorrow the internet is just shut off like completely across the world, across the globe. Mm-hmm. Are people just going to stop meeting each other? No, I think they're going to meet in bars. I'm just saying a lot more people, it's becoming a norm to meet people online now. And oh, people yeah. are comfortable Absolutely. doing it. Sure. Hmm. Okay. It's a thinker. 
Yeah, but not, golf is not the answer. Big D Shiv, it's Maddie from Dub V. Took a couple of brewskis down, and I was wondering, I'm getting the munchies. What's your favorite cereal? Love the pod. Love what you've been doing. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Dub V? Is that West Virginia? Yes. Oh, yeah. I've never heard it called Dub V. I'm into it. What's your favorite cereal? I haven't had cereal in so long because to me it's empty calories, but it's so good. <laughs> co-sign that. I, I mean, this, the thing about cereal is the serving size of cereal is like smaller than the size of my fist, and all I want to do when I have cereal is fill the bowl to the brim. Oh, I fill it to cereal. the brim. I eat it. All, I eat it all, and then and have then, like multiple bowls. Then I refill it. Yeah, I go hard when I go to when I eat. Um, cereal. like when I was growing up. It was Lucky Charms, and I would save all Ugh. the charms for the end. That's really gross. The texture of the marshmallows, I can you know never what? Do my, like low key is my favorite cereal now is Frosted Mini Wheats. Ooh, you gotta do you wait for them to get soft and soggy, or do you eat them right off the bat? I I go kind of in the middle. I let them like get a little moisture in them, but I don't want them to be soggy. Mm-hmm. So I eat them pretty quick, but I also don't want them to be dry. It's a highly underrated cereal. And I think it's because I always had it at my grandparents' house. And it reminds me of like being at the beach at my grandparents. But I freaking love Frosted Mini Wheats. I mean, you get like a little health with like a ton of sugar. But, you know, you feel like you're being healthy. <laughs> I mean, and then there's like the obvious. I would eat cinnamon, cinnamon Toast Crunch dry any day of the week. It's been a minute since I've had that. It's good, um, I, but it's a sh- it's basically eating sugar with a spoon. Yeah, I try to stay away from cereal that has a bunch of sugar. I used to go really hard on Raisin Bran, Raisin Bran Crunch. Raisin Bran Crunch is an amazing cereal. It's amazing. Then I looked at the nutrition, the nutritional facts, and it is just basically all sugar. I had no idea. I so uh, I, had, I haven't touched it since. Like a couple of weeks ago, I bought a box of the Trader Joe's version of Honey Nut Cheerios. And Will and I probably had like three bowls a day each because it's just so addicting. That's but that's go- why I don't have ch- a cereal around because I would just eat it all. My current go-to cereal is um, Honey Nut Cheerios. I was raised on Cheerios, by the way. Just yeah. like regular Cheerios. I even had like a t-shirt when I was a kid. It was tight. What's your milk situation? Do you like go lots of milk? Do you go minimal milk? Um, I pour milk into until my cereal starts to rise. Then right. I, then I cut it. And then I get a little bit of milk in each spoonful. But I don't want it to be drenched. But I also don't want it to be dry. And yeah. I do not. I don't. I I eat enough to where I'm like making the milk go down. But I never drink the milk after. That's disgusting. Oh, see, I like to leave about That's the best part. I like to leave Ew. about two full bites worth of cereal in the bowl when the milk level is, uh, you know, about an inch or so. And then I just turn it the bowl up and I go to town. Oh, no, it's the best. I can't do That's that. That's the best part of see, eating. See, I think I put enough milk. That my milk to cereal ratio, like my last bite of cereal, I have no more milk left or like a very little amount. So you use very little milk. Well, I do what you do, but I have enough milk with no, every spoonful. If you spoonful. do what I do, then you have plenty of milk in there. Because when the cereal starts to float, then it's, it that's it's perfect. It's like it's like a good. I also do a weird thing where I eat cereal out of cups a lot. Like I don't yeah. know why. I think it's just because I no never good. have clean bowls. I just use a big ass bowl, and then I turn it up at the end, and it's fantastic. Did you have those bowls growing up that had like the straw in them, like when you were a kid that had the straw built in? You just like drank out of the straw. No, those were a thing. I don't I'm not even crazy. Know about those. I'm I'm gonna find a picture of this and tweet it. It's a real Sounds thing. Pretty tight. Yeah, it was a bowl with a built in straw, so the hole was at the bottom of the bowl, and then when you were done, you just drank out of the straw. But I just enjoyed just being kind of a 
savage and just drinking it like a wild animal. Do you eat dry cereal? Uh, no. Yeah, it's no, not. I do not. It's weird. Yeah. What other uh, what other cereals did y'all go hard on? Right. Honey bunches of oats is really good. Oh, it is. It is. I really yeah. like that too. Uh, I like the kind with the dried strawberries in them too. Oh, I'm an almond gal. Okay, honey That's bunches of oats too. with almonds. I used to do Rice Krispies a lot as a kid. Uh huh. Those are good. Snack crackle pop. Yeah, they'd be talking to you. Mm hmm. Yeah, raisin bran crunch is also an underrated. That's one of my faves. Yeah, I mentioned that, but it's it's all sugar. I can't. I eat know, it. but it's really good. It's delicious. I used to be weirded out by the raisins when I was a kid. Now I like love them. They're just like, oh, like tiny yeah. little nut, just nuggets of. I never mess with like the real the real terrible ones for you, like fruity pebbles, Lucky Charms. Ones that are just like you know which one is like sneaky good, candy. but I never have it. I only get it on top of frozen yogurt. Is Captain Crunch? Talk about sugar, Captain Crunch. Yeah, um, Pops was that one? Yeah, Pops was good. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What Do else? kids now even eat cereal? Like, I feel like yeah, it just like has an, a sign on the aisle like, "This is too much sugar." Yeah. Does Parks eat cereal? Big cereal is still very much alive. Okay. Yeah, he eats cereal. General um, Mills, did you? We do Cheerios. Did you? Uh, box tops for education. You know what I'm talking about the things no. you cut out, Dave. Yeah. Okay. I'm familiar with this. Okay. I don't. I don't even know how they worked really, but you just like cut them out of the cereal box and then it raised money but i don't really know how huh anyway email question very important one dylan what's the best day of the week to pull off a new fit slash style dylan we need barrett here for this one i think what's the best day of the week to reveal to un- unveil a new fit are you talking about like at work see this is it's my very question open-ended to me, I'd be like, if I get a new outfit or something I'm excited about wearing, I'm going to wear it on like Friday night when I'm going to dinner with all of y'all. Like, I think there have been multiple dinners where Alyssa and I have like both bought new clothes and are just like comparing what we're wearing to each other. So that would be it for me. Work-wise, I don't really know how to answer this question. And I feel like you probably don't either because it's not like we both work in traditional environments. No, I wear a t-shirt to work. But if you're going new fit, and going to be around your friends, I would say Friday's a safe bet. Like, you know, you're going out. If it's a work fit, I just wear it. I mean, I, if I buy a shirt that's, that's really tight, I can't just let it sit in my closet for a few days. I have to wear it pretty much. Yeah, but I also think like save it for a Thursday when you're Thursday's like. Thursday's a great day. Thursday, the week's almost over. You're probably going to go to happy hour. Like save your new shirt. For oh, like, yeah. You don't want like, to burn it on this Tuesday. Is a, if there's a work happy hour combo coming up, that's the day. Yeah. Of course. But if, you I know, think, can't, you I think can't a Thursday is a great day. Even if you're going out on a Thursday, new outfit time. That's great because then you don't, you don't have to go home and change. Mm-hmm. And so everybody knows it's a power move to go straight from the office to happy hour. I don't hate doing it, uh, doing it on Monday, though. No. But, okay. I know that that like, might pick up your mood or whatever, but to me, that feels like wasting it. Like you already have Monday, like blues. Everyone else hates their life. Like they're not like. You Looking dress at your pop and new outfit. Yeah. All right. Thursday is the day. I wonder how Club Cool would answer that question. Anyway, Dave, you want to get to the next one? Dylan, how often do most people, in parentheses, 20s and 30s, see their families? I only live a few hours drive away from my hometown and go back to visit every six weeks to two months max. But have been getting some shit from the family lately that they, quote, never see me. 
Are other people visiting more often than that? Is my family just Looney Tunes? I'd love to get some outside opinions on this. Very excited for the potty. Okay, a few hours drive and you visit every six weeks to two months. That seems pretty sufficient to me. A few hours drive, that's Austin to Dallas, so I can relate to yes. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see my family um, one to two times a month, but I'm closer. I'm like an hour and a half. I, the ranch is our meeting spot. I go out there a lot. I just love being out there, though. It's 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 kind of a, a really fun place to be. We all hang out. That's a lot, though. I, I don't. I think I see my family much more than you know people typically do that are my age. Um, but I don't know why they should be giving you shit for this. That seems like plenty. Every six weeks to two months, a few hours drive. That's that's no joke. Yeah. I see my family pretty often, but we all live in town. Um, but when I lived in Houston and they all lived in Austin, I would say probably once a month. But I was also like coming back to see friends and things like that. Um, I think t- every two months is fine. Yeah. Like it becomes a lot to have to travel that much. I feel like you know, like even Houston to Austin, which is like two and a half hours to go home for the weekend I was doing that because there was like stuff going on in Austin or something like that. So I feel like I feel like every six to six weeks to two months is fine. It depends how close your family is, though. Like my sure. family is super close, and I would get shit for yeah. only coming every six weeks. If you live in the same neighborhood, you're gonna see them. I don't know, weekly maybe. Mm-hmm. If you have to get on a plane, uh, maybe twice a year. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on where you live in relation to your family. I don't. I don't think that's uncommon, though. I no, think you're what fine. He's they, is fine. Look, your family wants to see you. It's a good thing. But yeah, they need to chill out a little bit. I think. Dave, last one. Hey, boys and girl, I'm the best man at a wedding this summer, and will obviously be giving a toast at the reception. What's my move? For starters, I'm not a great public speaker, and I get pretty nervous in front of big crowds. Is there a funny to heartfelt ratio I should just hit? when giving the speech or range for how long to go so I'm not just rambling. Just trying not to bomb. Any advice would be very much appreciated. I think we've all in this room delivered a best man or maid of honor speech before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few methods. I, I am also not a, a great public speaker. I don't like to speak in front of a lot of people. I don't like all those eyes on me listening to what I have to say. Uh, it, I just get really uncomfortable. But I've done I've done uh, one and I, I nailed it. I got I got pretty drunk. I'll be honest, but not so drunk, of course, that you can't speak well. You don't slur your words. So get some alcohol. Get some little some liquid courage in your system. That's going to help you. Um, it's also going to help you when you get your first laugh from the crowd. That's like your settle in moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you make it funny up until like the last. I don't know, 30 seconds of the speech, and then you switch to heartfelt, and you end on a heartfelt note. Okay. And keep, but, and also keep it short. Keep it under three minutes. I totally agree with you about some of those things. Okay. So, one, I gave an amazing toast at one of my friend's weddings, and I was not the maid of honor. And I liked to my own horn about this situation all the time because I knew the bride and groom both really well. And both mothers 
told me it was like phenomenal and they were both crying. Will likes to fight me on this, but it was honestly one of the best speeches I've ever given. Why does he want to fight you on it? And since then, I have gone downhill and my speeches are not as good. And I think it's because I'm too confident. But let me just say a couple of things. One, I disagree with you about the drinking thing. Uh, it depends on how you are. Like if you can have a couple cocktails and still be fine, then have a couple cocktails. But if you're one of the people that gets so nervous that you're going to start pounding drinks and then be hammered, don't do that. Like Will gave his best man toast and he didn't drink at all because he knew that if he started drinking, he was going to like go down a real bad road of just being nervous. So I think you've got to know what's right for you. If you think that drinking is going to calm you down, but then you're going to turn that into like blacking out, you don't want to be the person blackout talking. Well, I was clear that don't drink too much. If you need some liquid courage, it's fine. I know, fine, but just know your limit. So if much. you think that you aren't, won't be able to stop because you're nervous, then just don't do it and wait. Also, be funny, but be funny early. Like getting a good laugh early on will help you propel like the rest of your speech. Yes. Um, and I agree with you about keeping it short. No one, and being funny to an extent, no one wants to hear like, there's parents at the wedding, there's grandparents. You don't need to be telling like some absurd story about your friend and embarrassing him there's like being embarrassing that would be okay to tell in front of his boss and then there's being embarrassing that like no one really should know about besides you and your friends so don't cross that line and then also be heartfelt at the end for me i think if you know both parties talk about how you met both of them and like give a little like insight into as to why you're the best man and how you've been a part of their life and then talk about how you're excited for them as a couple let me add this too. Uh, keep the personal an- anecdotes to the bare minimum. Right. Because if you, if you are going to tell a story that only, you know, a handful of people in the crowd are aware of or or care about, you're going to lose your audience and then you're going to start to drag on and you're going it's going to be bad. Right. If you're going to tell There's, something personal, it needs to be something that relates to that person as Let a us human. all laugh at, at your personal story. Right. Because if only three people who were there well, and it needs it. to be something that's very integral to that person's personality, i.e. maybe part of their starter kit. Like, if you make a joke about it, everyone knows that that's something that your friend does so that they all are part of the inside joke and not just, oh, one time we got so hammered and the two of us did this because no one wants to hear about no that. No one cares. No one cares. Man, Unless not- y'all did something super dope. Nothing kills the mood like a, a speech that just drags on. Texas has a really bad problem, and I don't know if this is just Texas or, like, the South in general, but, like, Everyone feels the need to speak. Oh yeah, oh, at rehearsal god. dinners. Oh and my god, people have got to read the room. Like no one wants to hear your stupid story about the time that y'all were in a fraternity together, or the time that like you went to Vegas and saw Britney Spears. Like no one cares. That's I, just that's just bad event management, right? No one. You shouldn't open the floor to people. You should have. Assign people who are going to deliver speeches. So, a lot of times it just happens. When the second cousin I, I know wants it to just get up, happens. when the second cousin wants do. to get up because she's drunk and she just wants to her voice to you know be heard over the loudspeakers, and she, no, sit your ass down. We don't care what you have to say. Let the people talk who are designated to talk, and let's get back to the party. But I, I was at a re- wedding a couple months ago where a lot of people spoke, and it was very segregated like all of the guys only talked about the groom and all the girls only talked about the bride and you will get both sides to be with you if you talk about both of them so obviously you're the best man you know your best friend better and so you're gonna have stories about the groom but put the bride into it because her family is gonna be 
totally not paying attention to you unless you bring her into it. They want you to talk about both of them. Yeah, and if you have nothing to say about her during like the the funny part of your speech, it's okay. Wrap it up with the heartfelt. You gotta you gotta tie her in eventually. Right. Exactly. You have to. And keep it short. And you'll be That's fine. Big. Um also I'm I'm a big proponent and hopefully you guys are too of uh, rehearsal dinner speeches. I and agree. not wedding reception speeches. One hundo. Wedding reception adds a lot of pressure too because Everyone is there, whereas the rehearsal dinner is family and really close friends. Where exactly. and they'll know it's, what you're saying. That's your target, your target demographic when you're delivering a speech is is family and close friends. And I think you can be a little bit more candid at rehearsal dinners. If you're giving it at the wedding, then you need to make it PG enough that like kids, grandparents, etc., yeah. can listen to it. Man, I've I've been to weddings where they had speeches at the reception, and they dragged on for 45 minutes, and it just. Oh killed the okay the other event. this is my last tip it makes me want to go outside and burn a heater or something rehearse it but do not write it on your phone and read off your phone write down a card or something with like words that are going to trigger keywords. what you're going to say yep. yeah keywords because you i cannot stand it when people get up to make a toast and then they just read off a piece of paper we're not here for that like you don't have to be a great public speaker and you don't have to have, have the everything memorized but just a couple points you want to make and have it written down if you need the keywords so you can look down and be like, okay, whatever. Like, this is what I is gonna, I'm going to talk about next. Oh, man. There's nothing worse than like 45 minutes worth of speeches. And then there's like some clapping and there's an awkward pause. And then like the Cupid shuffle kicks in and everybody's like, <laughs> oh, I guess we're going to go dance. <laughs> well, some, I mean, some of these things, someone will deliver a speech and then they'll, they'll, you know, they'll end it. People will clap. They'll walk back to their seat and no one knows what comes next. It's just kind of like this awkward, like, are we done with speeches yet? Is anyone else going to stand up and grab the mic? Inevitably, someone will be like, here's my moment. Yeah. No, even though no one wants to hear from you, you're going to no. get up anyway and talk about some stupid shit Not that no great. one cares about, and you're going to kill party time. I hate that shit. Biggest cliche, and I know this is true for some, but I hear it at every wedding on both sides. It's uh, When they talk about when they first met the uh, their friend's new boyfriend, and yeah. they're like... We weren't sure about this guy. It's like, <laughs> yes. okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, man, we didn't know, but it worked out. It's like, <laughs> but then we got to really know him. It's like, okay, yeah, you all said yeah, that. Yeah, avoid cliche. And now, then we realize he's he's absolutely perfect for her. They're soulmates. <laughs> Shut up. We were like, wait, who is this boy? Like, <laughs> okay. We didn't know about this one. Yeah. Shut Yikes. up. Yikes. Come on. Well, that's it. Okay, wait. I've decided Go. that I'm going to add. I'm going to ask a question at the end of every well, I episode. You, I thought you were going to add somebody. Okay, I'm not going to add someone, uh, well, and we'll make it Sally's, quick. Sally's bonus question. Sally's bonus question. This one's kind of stupid. Um, there are no stupid. And questions. we already talked about food a lot, but if you could only have one condiment for the rest of your life, what would it be, and why? I'm talking anything, but it's a condiment. So like. Mayo, ketchup, mustard, ranch dressing, tartar sauce, sriracha. Okay. All the stuff. Mine's easy. Salsa. I actually said that, and then Will was like, salsa's not a condiment. I was like, yeah. it can be the way that I use it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say salsa, too. I love salsa on everything. I oh. also originally said ranch dressing, and Will told me that I was a trash human, but I still maintain... The ranch dressing is amazing. I kind of want to say mustard because it's it's kind of like a utility player. It, it's not the best condiment, I understand. But, but you, can you can use, use it, it on, on a lot of stuff. so many things. Yeah. Burgers, sandwiches, hot dogs. 
mm-hmm. other shit. You can put it on like crackers with you know meat and cheese and stuff. It's like it's, I agree. It's a good utility. Actually, condiment. those are my top three: mustard, really? salsa, and ranch. Salsa is it's too it has too much of a defined role for me. No salsa, I will put on anything. Like I'll use it as a dressing in salads. I'll like I'll put it on. I would put well, it on I'm, a freaking sandwich. I mean, I put it on eggs. Eggs, huge. Yeah. So anyway, huh. at me on Twitter. Tell me what your favorite condiment is that you would have for the rest of your life. Because I, I really want to know. I have one condiment in my fridge currently, and it's um, brown spicy mustard. That's a great one. Yeah, I love it. That's your only condiment? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. It just seems like you'd have more. I have some... You some, have ketchup? I have some Whataburger fancy ketchup in packets in, in my fridge. See, okay. Yeah. Now we're talking. Spicy and regular. See, that would have been... The, if you were a super Texas guy, you would have said Whataburger fancy ketchup. I think one of Will's friends yeah. answers this question with tartar sauce, which I think is crazy. What? Yeah. Tartar oh, sauce goes with fish and what else? That's it. I mean, you can dip fries into it. No, no one's doing is that. Is tartar sauce the red one? No, that's White. cocktail sauce. Tartar right, sauce has like olives and pickles. And I love cocktail sauce too, but again, it's, it's very one-dimensional. Okay, if we're going to do this, let me say Arby sauce. Okay. Are you going to go what is Polynesian sauce, sauce from What's Chick-fil-A? What's an Arby sauce? Uh, hard to say. It, is it? I don't know. Okay. It's just great. Probably okay, but do you think that I'm a trash sauce. human for choosing ranch? No. No. Ranch has got good... It, it gets you fats. You're getting... Uh, if you want to go into ketosis. Ranch you could use as... A dressing, you could put ranch on a sandwich. Salad dressing, you to, can, it's a di- good dipping sauce. I used to dip Celery. pretzels into ranch after, like when I would come home from school. I love ranch, but it's kind of in the same category as uh, chicken fried steak for me. As in, I, I just don't eat it very much because I feel like it's just so unhealthy. Also, there's a huge difference between Hidden Valley Ranch and like Restaurant Ranch. Restaurant Ranch Definitely. is great. Gourmet Ranch is just on another planet. Yeah. Man, ranch is tight. Yeah. Anyway. What's the restaurant, the Mexican restaurant that brings you ranch and you can dip your chips in? Oh, Chewy's. And Chewy's? it's jalapeno that's ranch. Right. Oh, oh, it's so that good. Goes. Now I want to go eat that. Chewy's doesn't get enough respect. Chewy's has great salsa. They do. They do. They do. That the boom boom sauce too. It goes. All right. Well, that was my question of the episode. That, that's a good bonus question. Thanks. Thank you for that. Sally's world. Let us, let us know what your uh, can't live without condiment is. We want to know. Don't say mayonnaise, anybody, please. Ooh. Mayonnaise freaks me out a little bit. You know, not that I want to like tout Whole30, but I hated mayonnaise until I started making it myself, and then I liked it. I still won't get it on sandwiches, but like I will eat mayonnaise now. What about Miracle Whip? Uh, Trash. What's the deal with that stuff? I, my grandma uses Miracle Whip, my mom Whip loves and it. it's so gross. I don't get it. It's Dave, gross. Dave, you eat Miracle Whip? No, you would hate me if you knew what kind of mayonnaise I had. Why? Because it's like so it's like some primal, primal kitchen, kitchen chipotle. I think I actually had it for the first time at Sally's parents' place. You're obnoxious. It's really good though. You know who makes Will like like I went and bought Primal Kitchen. He won't even eat that mayonnaise because mine is so good. Damn. The mayonnaise I make. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. I need to try your mayo. Fatty mayonnaise <laughs> over here. Sal- Sally's starter pack makes good mayo. <laughs> well, guys, that was it. Jeff Fun. I had a great time. Dave, did you have fun? Even better the second time around. Man, I can't it believe we recorded really great 20 minutes of nothing. That was fun. It's good. We were just getting We'll find up. those tapes eventually. You know what? No one's ever going to hear that. That's, that's the thing about it. We could release bonus content. No, we can't. You know why? Because it wasn't recorded. It, Maybe it might was. be. We might have your cat's name on there. We don't know. Damn. 5,000 5, backers and the cat's name will be revealed. Okay. Holding you to I'm it. I'm just saying. 
Again, follow us on social media at Mail-In Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Sally, where can we follow you? At Sally Young on Instagram and Twitter. Dave, I want you to plug yourself as well. At DC Ruff on Instagram, at D Carter Ruff on Twitter and Snap. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you. Can I say something about that really fast? Yeah. My whole family thought Dave's last name was uh, Cruff because they just thought it was Dave. I heard that. Dave Cruff. Dave, for C, like, Dave C. Ruff. For like a Cruff really long time. time. And so Cruff Lily Cruff. still calls him Cruff because yeah, she didn't calls me know. Uh, Lily calls me something weird too. What did she call me? I forgot. I don't know. Yeah, I forgot. Probably just like, hey, dude, she doesn't know your name. That was a bad story. She knows my name. I'm just kidding. Shouts to Lily. Okay. All right. Don't forget to subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend. Help us grow, please. And again, the hotline, 888-362-MAIL. That's M-A-I-L. 888-362-6245. All right. Until next week. I can't wait to answer your questions next week. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs)